Secret 28, Funnel Audibles. I only had one goal in high school. I wanted to be a state champion in wrestling. The summer before my junior year, that goal was so real in my mind, I would wake up every morning and run, lift weights, and wrestle anyone I could find who was better than me. My dad would drive me all around the state trying to find coaches who could help give me the edge and other athletes who could beat me so we could find my flaws. After months of practice, the official season started on November 3rd, and our first dual meet was a few weeks later. I knew that my first match that season would be against the returning state runner-up. As the big night came, I was ready to beat him and to prove to my friends, family, and teammates that I was good enough to be a state champ. Although I'd put in countless hours of preparation, as I stepped onto the mat that night, I quickly found out that I wasn't ready yet. The match was very lopsided with him easily beating me. I was so embarrassed. I went home that night and cried myself to sleep. Luckily for me, that night, while I was feeling sorry for myself, my dad was upstairs plugging in the camcorder into the TV so he could watch and rewatch my match. He stayed up all night looking at what I had done wrong in the match, taking notes on the adjustments that I needed to make if I was going to beat that opponent in the state tournament later that year. When I woke up in the morning, I was still feeling a little depressed, but my dad was up early with a smile on his face. I know why you lost, he said, and I know what we need to do so you'll beat him next time. My teenage self was slightly annoyed at my dad and his positive attitude, and even more so when he pulled me into the front room and spent the next 30 minutes before school on the carpet showing me the adjustments I needed to make. Then, that day after school and wrestling practice, he showed up and we drilled these things again. He did this every day for the next four months, drilling the positions and the moves that I needed over and over. Four months later, we were at the state tournament. Because of a good season, I was now ranked second in the state, and the guy I had lost to previously, the returning state runner-up, was ranked first. When they posted the brackets, I saw that we were on opposite sides, so if we both won all of our matches, then we would meet in the finals against each other. As the tournament went on and we had battles with the others in our weight class, eventually we were the last two standing. We were going to be competing against each other in the state finals. Before the big match, my dad and I drilled the positions again one last time. Then I stepped out onto the mat, shook my opponent's hand, and started to wrestle. But this time was much different than before. I had wrestled him hundreds of times in my head. I knew his favorite moves and how to counter them. I also knew where the holes were in this match, and I exploited them perfectly. When the six minutes were up, we both stood up, but this match, it was my hand that was raised, and I became a state champion. I share this story because soon you'll be launching your first funnel. Chances are it's going to flop. Most people's funnels don't work the first time, and that's okay. If you know that going into it, it won't shock or depress you. In my inner circle, I used to have people call me the day before they launched any funnel. They would always tell me about how hard they had worked and how excited they were to launch their funnel. I would usually respond with bad news. It's probably going to fail. What? They would say. Yeah, most funnels fail the first time. Mine all do. The launch is about getting the initial numbers and data we need so we can make the changes required for this funnel to work. And we have no idea what they are until we send some traffic to it. The sooner we see where the funnel is failing, the faster we can get it fixed. Then I would tell them my wrestling story and that if the first time I had wrestled that guy was in the finals, there's a really good chance I would have lost to him. Because I had wrestled him four months earlier, I knew exactly where my holes were. I just need to make adjustments and then it was easy to come back and win. The launch is just the first match, or the first test. I may spend some money on ads and then just wait. I need to see what happens on each page of the funnel. How many people clicked on the ad? How much money did I have to spend per click? How many people joined my list? What percentage of them bought my product? Did any of them buy the upsell? After I see this data, then I can figure out what changes I need to make to create the perfect funnel. One properly exploited funnel. The late Gary Halbert once said, Properly exploited, one good idea that occurs to you while walking on the beach is worth more than 10 lifetimes of hard work. I may take that statement one step further and say, One good funnel, properly exploited, is worth more than 10 lifetimes of hard work. 
It's worth putting in the time and the energy to take your funnel from a loser to an okay funnel to a winner. Because when you get one of these funnels to take off, it can transform your life forever. Always tell our funnel hackers that you're just one funnel away. And it's true. One funnel can change everything for you. Recently, I was on a call with one of my newer Inner Circle members. They had spent months getting their funnel ready and they wanted to show it to me. Then they showed me a funnel map that consisted of 50 plus pages with dozens of if-then arrows showing countless different paths that someone could take inside of their funnel. On top of that, there were countless different follow-up sequences that could be triggered based on actions at any step in the funnel. While this complex funnel strategy and map looked very impressive, it was really confusing to me. I asked them how the funnel was converting, and they told me that it wasn't doing very well. They wanted my advice. But honestly, there were literally thousands of things that could have been broken inside this maze, and I had no idea where to even start. You need to understand that complexity is not your friend in the funnel game. Having 8,000 variations of different possibilities can help increase conversions by a fraction of a percentage, maybe. But if something is broken or under-converting, it'll be almost impossible to diagnose and fix it, not to mention the countless months of work that go into building out this hypothetical customer journey. While it may seem powerful, it's typically just a consultant trying to make themselves seem valuable. My funnels are all very, very simple. You'll notice from the examples inside this book that most are three to five pages with one good soap opera sequence. I do this for a few reasons. First, we can build it quickly and get our idea to market fast. The reason why most entrepreneurs fail isn't because their ideas aren't good. It's because they either run out of time or money before their idea gets to market. Simple funnels allow you to spend a few hours or maybe a weekend and you have a finished funnel that you can start sending traffic to immediately. There's so much power in that. One of my early mentors, Joe Vitale, once told me that money follows speed. And that rule has been true my entire career. The second reason is that after I send traffic into a funnel, I want to be able to quickly see what's wrong. With a complex funnel, it could be one of a hundred things that isn't working. With my simple funnels, there are only a couple things I can tweak. The fewer levers I have to move, the less testing I have to do to get to profitability. Most funnels will start off converting badly, and that's okay. Our job is to take all of the best practices you've learned here, try to create the best funnel you can, and then put it out there fast. I then need to send some traffic to that funnel to see what happens. Inside Traffic Secrets, I teach you many ways to get free and paid traffic to fill your funnels with your dream customers. So to master this step, be sure to read that third book in this trilogy. After my funnel is live, I like to invest the amount of money in traffic that I would make if one person were to buy my product. So if I have a webinar that sells a $1,000 course, I'll test with $1,000 of traffic. If I have a book funnel with two upsells, I will total up the price of all the products in the funnel, so $0 for the book, $37 for the bump, $97 for OTO1, $197 for OTO2 equals $331 and spend that much on ads for my first test. My goal for this test is to break even. I'm going to spend $1,000 in ads for my webinar funnel and try to get one sell so I can make my money back. If I do, then I have what we call a break even funnel because we broke even on our ad spend. Many times on my first test, I don't break even, but that's okay. I take the loss of money and I write it off as market research and then make the changes that I learned from the test and try again. I spend the advertising money on Facebook or Google ads or whatever ad source makes the most sense. And then I sit back and I wait for the traffic I purchased to come to my funnel, join my list, go through my soap opera sequence and see all the pages in the funnel. This will usually take a few days to a week after I spend the money. Then I let the market tell me if my funnel works. 
People always ask me to look at their funnels and tell them whether it will work or not. And my answer is always no. I could potentially destroy your funnel because I am not your market. The only opinion you should care about are the ones belonging to your customers. The questions we are trying to answer from this initial test is, will my dream customers pull out their wallets and vote with their credit cards for this offer I created? My customer's opinion is the only one I care about. I don't even trust my own opinion. I've done enough split testing to know that I'm wrong most of the time. You shouldn't trust your own opinion either. Create the most awesome funnel that you can based on the funnel hacking skills you have learned and then invest the amount of money you would have made if you get one customer to buy everything in your funnel. From here, we just wait and let the market tell us if our hooks were right, our stories built up enough value for them, and we created an irresistible offer. The market never lies. They vote with their credit cards, and that's the only vote that matters. After the test is done, we need to start looking at the numbers. They will tell you exactly what you need to change. After you've made those changes, I invest the profits I would make from one cell again and I do a second test. Then I wait a few more days to let the market tell me if the changes I made actually worked. Then I will look at these new numbers, make more tweaks based on the data, and do another test. Usually we'll go through this process three or four times before we start getting a winner. Marketing math. Nail it so you can scale it. Let's talk about funnel marketing math. The good news is that I'm not that good at math, so this is not complex, but understanding these simple numbers is how you know what funnel audibles you will need to make. These are two numbers that drive everything inside of your funnel and will tell you exactly what you need to adjust in your funnel. Cost per acquisition, CPA. Your CPA is how much money it costs you to get a customer. If you watch Shark Tank, you'll notice that one of the first questions the sharks ask the entrepreneurs is, how much does it cost you to acquire a customer? Let me show you how this works. If I spend $1,000 on Facebook ads to drive traffic into one of my free book funnels, and I sell 100 books on these ads, then my CPA is $10. From these ads, I acquired 100 new customers, and I spent $1,000, so each customer cost me $10. If I spend that same $1,000 but only get 10 customers, then my CPA would be $100. This is the first number you have to understand. For every ad you run, you will want to look at it afterwards and see what your CPA was. Average cart value, ACV. Your average cart value is the average amount of money that someone will spend with you once they are in your funnel. So if I use the example above and I sell 100 copies of my book, a percentage of these people will buy my order form bumps and upsells. Then I take how much total money I made from all of these upsells and I divide it by the total number of customers who bought. If we had $2,500 in total funnel sales from these 100 customers, that means we averaged $25 in sales from each customer. So our ACV is $25. Now that we have these two numbers, my goal is to make sure that my CPA, how much it costs me to get a customer, is less than my ACV, how much I make from each customer. If my CPA is less than my ACV, then my funnel is working and I want to spend as much money as possible because for each dollar I put into ads, I'm making more than a dollar back. Now, on the other hand, if you're spending more money to acquire a customer than you're making from each of them, this is where we need to start calling some funnel audibles. That's all you really need to understand. It's not calculus. It's simple arbitrage. You have to look at the numbers and just make sure that they are making more money than you're spending. Just remember, if CPA is greater than ACV, your funnel is broken. If CPA is less than your ACV, your funnel is working. Every ad you run will have a different CPA. The ads where the CPA is too high, I will turn off. The ones where the CPA is low, I will keep running for as long as they remain profitable. In the supplemental PDF guide, I have a chart that will show you exactly how to diagram and diagnose each of your funnels. So look for the supplemental PDF for that chart. As you can see, this sketch is very simple. After we spend our test budget, we fill in the blanks on the sheet to see where the chips fell. On the left-hand side, we will write down what our actual CPA was during this test. How much money did you spend? And from that ad spend, how many customers did you acquire? 
Next, we'll go to each page of the funnel. I'll write down how much the actual offer price was for each page in the funnel, followed by what the conversion rate was on each page. ClickFunnels will show you these stats inside of your funnel dashboard. Then I take the order price and divide it by what percentage of the people took that offer, and on the bottom line, I write in how much money it contributed towards my ACV. After I do this for each page in my funnel, I then can add up the numbers and it will give me my total ACV. Note, ClickFunnels will also do this math for you and display your ACV at the top of your reporting stats so you can find it quickly. Then I go to the Your Score box, write down my ACV, and subtract it from my CPA to find out if my funnel is profitable. Funnel Audibles. Now that your first test is done and you have your numbers back, the market has told you what it thinks about your funnel. If you lost money, it's telling you that it's not ready yet, and we need to look at the numbers to see which part of the funnel is underperforming. If you broke even, then you have a funnel that's generating leads for free, which is a huge win. And now we can start testing things to see if we can make it profitable. If the funnel is making money already, I like to tell people that one of my mantras is, I want to give myself a raise every day. Think about it. In most professions, if someone wants a raise, they have to put in years of work to get continuing education with the hope of giving themselves a small raise. For you, each day you have the opportunity to give yourself a raise. If you have a page that's converting at 3% and making you $1,000 per week, with one small tweak, you can give yourself a raise. If you can get it to increase to 4% conversion, over the next 12 months, that 1% will turn to an extra $17,362 per year in revenue. And that's just one successful test. Each day, I come into the office and look at my active funnels and at what each of the controls are. The control is the current page that is winning. Then I brainstorm ideas for ways that we can beat the existing control. It's kind of like a video game, except that you get to keep the money you make from the game. At one of my recent Inner Circle meetings, Mike Schmidt and AJ Rivera came to the meeting with a webinar funnel that they had created that was a huge flop. It was costing them $24.85 to get somebody to register for their webinar, and they only had 22.4% of the registrants who actually showed up. They were frustrated and thinking they would need to create a new type of funnel to sell their product. They showed the group their webinar registration page. While the page looked like a good webinar registration page, the market had told them that it was not. Lots of people were seeing it, but very few registered. I looked at it for a few seconds and gave them an idea to test. I told them that I thought the headline gave away what they were going to learn on the webinar. It said that the webinar would show a secret method for helping companies get more real five-star reviews. I could tell from the headline that the webinar was about getting reviews, and I thought that if I knew the answer to that question, I don't think that I would register for it, and even if I did, I may not show up. I suggested that they try a test where they didn't tell people what they would learn on the webinar, but instead tell people what the webinar was not about and create more curiosity. They went home and changed the headline for the registration page and nothing else. The new headline created more curiosity, which caused more people to register and show up. This one small tweak dropped the cost for each webinar registration from $24.85 to $5.84 and increased the show up rate from 22.4% to 31.7%. Can you imagine the size of the raise they gave themselves from this one small funnel audible? Now that you have the first set of numbers from your initial test, this is where the marketing and the funnel game becomes fun. We get to start calling audibles, making changes, and watching our funnel improve. Average cart value audibles. The first step to calling an audible on your funnel is to figure out what parts are broken. By looking at the numbers from your funnel audible images, you can quickly see which pages are converting well and which ones are not. Then we look at the under-converting pages and start setting up new pages to beat the originals. The question I get from a lot of people is, what should the conversion rate at each page be in the funnel? 
This is a hard question to answer because this varies from market to market and traffic source to traffic source. So it's really important to start getting your own baseline numbers and then start trying to beat them. However, I know that it's really nice to have an idea of where to start with so that you can see if you're on the right track or not. We created some benchmarks that you can look at, and if you're under these basic percentages, then it's probably safe to say that you need to call an audible on that step. Even if you are above the benchmark, you can and should keep testing because small changes can yield big money over time. Front end lead funnels. The lead funnel opt-in conversion should be greater than 20%. Unboxing funnels. Two-step order form opt-ins should be greater than 10 to 15%. Book or cart funnel sales conversions should be greater than 1 to 5%. Order form bump conversions should be greater than 20%. OTO and downsell conversions should be greater than 3 to 15%. Presentation funnels. Video sales letter conversions should be greater than 1 to 3%. Webinar registration rate should be greater than 20%. Webinar show up rate live should be greater than 10 to 20%. Webinar show up rate automated webinar should be greater than 50 to 80%. Webinar buy rate for hot traffic live should be greater than 10%. Webinar buy rate for cold traffic live should be greater than 1 to 5%. Webinar buy rate for auto webinar should be greater than 3 to 8%. Product launch funnel registration rate should be greater than 20%. Backend phone funnels cost per application should be less than $100. Cost per acquisition, audibles. The other place that we should start looking for where to call audibles is the actual ads. Sometimes the funnel performs really well, but the cost per customer is way too high. If the cost per acquisition is too high, it can be because of the landing page, but it's more often because of your ads. With each funnel, you will be creating different ads with different hooks to capture your dream customers. Some ads will work great and others won't work as well. As you will learn in Traffic Secrets, that's why we test and run lots of different ads. But each ad you post will have its own cost per acquisition. One of my biggest secrets to online marketing is that you need a lot of ad creative. My friend Dean Graciosi launched his best-selling book about the time I launched Expert Secrets. And a few months into the promotion, I called him to see how his book sales were doing. I was shocked to find out that he was selling four times as many books as I was, and we were selling a lot of books. Now, to understand Dean's answer, you have to know a little bit about his background. Dean had been doing infomercials for over 20 years. During that time, he was on TV every night selling books on how to invest in real estate. He told me that when he would create an infomercial, it would last for about 18 months, and then the show would start to fatigue because so many people had seen it. In turn, the cost to acquire a customer would get higher and higher until it was no longer profitable. So they would stop running that show and go back to the studio, film a new infomercial, and launch it on TV. Again, this one would work for another 18 months or so. Then he told me that he found out that ads fatigued much more quickly online. He said that while on TV they would last 18 months, online they would only last a few weeks at best. So he started to carry his phone around with him everywhere he would go, and he would film ads on his phone with his book in front of the interesting places that he would be at each day. He would then give these to his team who would run them as ads. He said that many of the ads he made on his phone didn't work well because, for whatever reason, they didn't resonate with the market. The CPA was higher than the ACV, so his team would run them for a day or so and then turn them off. However, then other ads would come in at a really low CPA, and he would run them for a few weeks until they started to fatigue. The CPA started to get as high as the average car value. At that time, they would replace the ad with a new one. The reason Dean was selling four times as many books as me was because he was creating four times as many ads. I share this with you because you will be consistently creating and launching new ads and each ad will have its own CPA. You will need to watch these ads, cut your losers fast, and scale your winners for as long as you can. Many of the ideas that I share next on things you can do to make changes on your funnel will also be applicable to your ads. What should I change? 
The concept of hook story offer that I shared with you in secret number two seems so simple and obvious now, but for over a decade, I didn't have that framework. I studied hooks, stories, and offers, but I didn't realize that together, they were the secret to every funnel. In fact, I didn't write about that concept in the first edition of dotcom secrets or expert secrets because I hadn't figured out that framework yet. The first time the framework came to me, I shared it live during a small coaching group with about 100 students. After it was over, one of the people listening messaged me and said, Russell, I've listened to every podcast you've put out. I've been to two Funnel Hacking Live events. I've done every course and read every book, yet that training on Hook Story Offer was the best training you've ever done. I got so excited thinking about it that I couldn't sleep that night. The next morning, I got up at 5.45 a.m. to meet Dave Woodward and James P. Frill in my gym for our morning lift. When I walked in, I think I had those crazy eyes I get when I'm excited because Dave asked me instantly what was going on. I think I figured out the secret to everything. Well, at least to selling anything. But it's so simple, I think I might be oversimplifying it. I then taught them the concept of hook, story, offer. The hook grabs their attention for the story, and the story increases the perceived value of your offer. After that, I started to show them how hook, story, offer happened at every phase of the funnel. The ad has a hook, a story, and an offer. The landing page has a hook, a story, and an offer. The emails, the sales page, the upsells, everything has a hook, a story, and an offer. I could tell I was onto something because we didn't lift a single weight that morning. I started to go deeper. If your ad doesn't work, it's always because of the hook, the story, or the offer. If your landing page doesn't work, it's always because of the hook, the story, or the offer. And it went on and on. That day, I arrived at the office with our funnel team, and I had them pull up all of our active funnels. I had them pull the stats on each page, and we looked at the pages that were below our conversion benchmarks. Then I explained to them the concept of hook, story, offer. Through that lens, we started to look at each of the pages. What's the hook on this page, I would ask? What could we do to make it better? And then we would brainstorm and figure out dozens of tests we could run. What's the story we're telling on this page, and does it build the perceived value of the offer? We would then brainstorm ideas for how we could improve those stories. What do you guys think about the offer? What could we do to make it sexier? I would ask them and we'd come up with dozens of ideas for how to improve our offer. We did this page by page inside of our funnels and set up split tests to see if we could beat the controls. And in every test, the new page is won. It's very simple to create a split test inside of ClickFunnels. Every page you create will have a button next to it that says start split test. When you click on that button, you can either create a new page from scratch or you can clone the existing page, which makes it very easy to run a simple split test where you're replacing a headline or a sales video. You can use the slider to change the percentage of how much traffic is running one version versus the other. I will run a test for a few days or weeks and then compare the control with the new page. The winner becomes a new control and we start over trying to give ourselves another raise the next day. That is the big secret. If your funnel isn't working, it's always the hook the story, or the offer. If you hired me to be a consultant and paid me $100,000 for the day, I would look at your funnel steps and my response would be, it's your hook, your story, or your offer. And then we would brainstorm ways to make it better.